Welcome back to another episode of Classic Movies Live. Today we are continuing talking about Oscars of years past. This year, uh, this episode is going to take us to the year 2006, which means we're talking about movies that came out in 2005. And today's movie is a little movie called Crash by Paul Haggis and starring a humongous cast that I am not going to list off right now. Uh, this movie won Best Picture, somewhat controversially, at the 2006 Oscars. We're going to talk at length about that controversy. Uh, and it also won Best Original Screenplay. And how, how are we looking on music? It was nominated for Best Original Song. And you're about to hear that Best Original Song. It's going to be In the Deep by Kathleen Bird York. Um, one last thing before you hear In the Deep. Uh, this movie, this this episode is going to contain spoilers. I don't think spoilers mean too much for this movie, so take that, take, so like, you know, know that. But uh, if you are interested in watching Crash and want to go in completely blind, come back afterwards to hear our opinions. Here is In the Deep from the movie Crash. listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the show where Pierre and I shill for the Hollywood elites. Pierre, did you ever uh, did you ever get your uh, paycheck from the studio? Like can we can we distribute propaganda today or do we have to save that till next week? Man, the mail must be slow, man. I haven't gotten anything. Crossing my fingers, uh, you never know. Yeah, okay. It's supposed to be a lot of money that we're supposed to be getting from uh, several movie studios that we're not allowed to disclose. Anyway, we, we can we can cut all this out later. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so last week we talked about Hillbilly Elegy. Oh, I was just about to talk about how we just talked about Green Book, but it has been two weeks since Green Book. We are back to talking about old Oscars uh, ceremonies. And when I say old, I mean not that old, because today we're going to talk about 2006. Pierre, uh, were you even watching movies in 2006? I, 2000. Isn't this 2004? So these would be movies that came out in 2005. Oh, never mind. Um, so yeah, I guess 2006. I was nine, so the only <laughs> movies I was watching was like, crap, I, I actually don't remember what movies I watched when I was nine. Yeah. Um, maybe Spider-Man 2, I think. You know what? Spider-Man 2 was, it had been out a couple of years by then, I think. Yeah, I, I saw, I was a big Spider-Man fan. I'm pretty sure I saw Spider-Man 2 on DVD in 2005. Um, and, but yeah, I can only think of Spider-Man 1 and 2 for movies I've seen. And probably some animated movies like that Robin, Robin Hood, but like with the Fox. Right. Uh, the Disney version. That's all I remember. But yeah. I was, uh, I was like 12. So I remember hearing about a lot of the movies on this list. But like not in any real way, and I certainly don't think I'd watched any of these at the time. Um, I was I was twelve, and I was very interested in movies. But I was like, I wasn't going out of my way to watch Brokeback Mountain at twelve. I'll just say that much. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think all of these. There's no like King's Speech, I guess, which is like viewable for all ages. Yeah, I did. I do believe I saw all of the animated features that were nominated this year because I'd seen no, I hadn't seen Howl's Moving Castle because the most I only recently saw Howl's Moving Castle like a week and a, a year mm. and a half ago. But I had seen I did see Wallace and Gromit and I did see Corpse Bride, which both came out and were nominated for animated feature. But um, yeah, this is this is probably the the Oscars that we've talked about so far that I had at the time, the least interest in. 
I don't know. I mean, I must have. I know I heard about some of the news, and I know my dad was kind of interested in it, but like, I don't know most of these movies. Or like I have heard of them now, but I haven't seen most of them still. Yeah, well, they. I don't. I don't think any of these. Uh, I mean, other than Brokeback Mountain, I. I don't feel like these movies were really like very. Um, I guess had very big industry like level impacts. Um, I don't know how actually how common it even is for like Academy Awards uh, finalists, but um, I definitely say Brokeback like is has lasted this long due to Heath Ledger's uh you know influence on like or his role in that movie in terms of like I, I heard he put in an amazing performance um and was primarily what he was known for before the Joker right so mm-hmm. and uh for the time it was very like I hear it's it's very it was very progressive for in terms of like uh giving a spotlight to any or like to to homosexuals uh I mean romantic how do I say this without sounding well, weird? Is like so. Giving Brokeback Mountain attention. is a gay. Lo- yeah, Brokeback Brokeback Mountain is a gay love story, and it's just a first and foremost. It's just a really good love story. Like, I yeah, guess it doesn't like. Yeah, it's yeah. not specifically a gay thing. It's like it's like treating it like a normal thing, which in in my opinion is like uh, like really progressive. You know, especially especially mm-hmm. for two thousand four, which is awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it deals with that very intelligently. We're not talking about Brokeback Mountain today. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Brokeback Mountain was one of the nominees for Best Picture at the time. It all, it got nominated for, like, everything and one mm. Best Director. And I think yeah, that's it. Yeah, it really it. seemed to be the favorite for, for the Academy, or for everyone, honestly, for winning, right? Yeah, I am actually... I, I watched Brokeback Mountain in preparation for this, and I will say that, like... Uh, I haven't seen most of the actor acting performances that are up for best actor in 2006, but, but Heath Ledger should have won. He was very good. And also yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal should have won in best supporting. I'm astounded that. Has Jake like, won an, o- like an Oscar before? I don't think he has. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> um, he really deserves it. He does. He's been in some very, very good stuff. Um, he's won a BAFTA and he, he's only been not, I think this might be the only time he's ever been nominated for an Academy Award, which is a shame, but also he deserved it for that movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, some of the other things nominated for best picture, we, we can't actually comment on these that much, unlike in previous episodes, because we haven't seen these, but so I'll just kind of go through the list. We had Capote, which was the, uh, a movie about Truman Capote a who is a writer in the 60s uh i don't know anything about him but apparently it's very good and the winner and the person who played truman capote philip seymour hoffman was uh rewarded with the best actor award um we have good night and good luck which is directed by george clooney and then we had Munich, clooney, wow. uh which munich i think it's a that's a steven spielberg movie that was about um yeah. Terror, I think that was a terror attack on the Munich Olympics. Hmm. Anyway, I've heard very good things about that. Um, but those were there were only five Best Picture nominees this year, and that was four of them. Have you seen any of those? Do you want to say anything else about it before I before uh, I introduce no. what won? I've heard. I just I've heard Munich's good. I guess uh, the, even though it's like kind of mo- we're kind of getting into the modern Spielberg, where it seems like he doesn't. Uh, put as much effort i guess into his or maybe not effort i don't think that's fair but um he, he's like a lot more safe i guess with his movies but uh i've i've heard Munich, i've heard a lot of good things about munich even though um i have not like seen it i guess even and it's not nearly to, as much as talked about as the uh, broke back down and i guess this movie that we're going to be talking about in a sec yeah uh i guess i'll just introduce that movie without further ado let's talk about the movie crash by by Paul Haggis. Haggis. <laughs> uh, Isn't that like a Scottish dish? Yeah, I think it's like sheep stomach filled with other parts of the sheep or something. I don't, yeah, really yeah. I don't, like I don't know. The other parts of the sheep. <laughs> but um, yeah, Crash, Crash uh, kind of has this infamous vibe for being the Oscar bait movie, if that makes sense. Or 
Or maybe not yeah. Oscar bait, but it's like the the movie that is probably like most infamous for winning when it kind of shouldn't have because it was like an Oscar type movie and it was the safe choice. Yeah, for the moment, I will withhold judgment on whether it should have won or not. But it was uh, it was a safe choice. And primarily, the big controversy came in that it was the safe choice uh, against Brokeback Mountain, which is a very not safe choice. I mean, I don't know how many movies up until 2005 or 2006 had won at the Oscars and even like been tangentially about gay characters, let alone a literal gay romance. Um, but Brokeback Mountain could have, and a lot of people thought that it should have, but mm. it did not. And Brokeback Mountain did like clean up at other award shows before this too. Like I think it got yeah. all the BAFTAs. So when Crash won, it was very surprising, and a lot of people caught, cried foul right away. Uh, I don't, I, again, withholding judgment on whether it should have won or not, I personally don't think it's fair to call, to like say that the Oscars were unfair here or were like uh, specifically just didn't want to give it to Brokeback Mountain. I think that it's fairly well known that the Oscar audience, uh, like the audience that votes on the Academy Awards is like historically mostly old white guys. And I honestly just think that Brokeback Mountain was not a movie they wanted to see. Just didn't appeal to them. That's my guess. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, like, uh, well, it, it's kind of odd considering like you almost want to say Brokeback Mountain's the safe choice after everyone else kind of let it win, right? Or, or wanted it to win. Um, even other award ceremonies, but I guess I don't know. I guess well, obviously the 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 people that vote in the Academy Awards like that, uh, like they're they're different. They're they're always different people, right? So it's hard to always kind of get a um an equal measure on e- on each of the award ceremonies for sure. And I think like also looking back from twenty twenty, I mean the the uh, the Academy has a lot of issues. Uh, but like, I think, I think a lot of people have, or not a lot of people, but I've certainly like seen people, I guess like I've seen it said in, you know, pundit shows and news and whatever, uh, that like people like to think that Hollywood is a very progressive place and that like the progressive choice is the safe choice when it comes to award ceremonies. But like, that's not unambiguously true. Hollywood, like a lot of movies get made in Hollywood that like might not get made mm-hmm. in rural Kentucky, but ultimately like Hollywood, the, the safe choice is whatever the people in Hollywood want to see, not necessarily whatever is a groundbreaking movie. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely say like Hollywood, like Hollywood seems to be as progressive as they feel is allows them to make the most money. Yeah, ultimately, so most people in Hollywood are business people. Yeah, which I mean is like I I can understand. I think it's fair that uh, you know because I mean it's a business to make money. That's all businesses. They're focused around making yeah. money, so I understand that. I don't love the the kind of pat on the back they give themselves for like you know uh, pretending to be progressive. You know, so that's, it does that's feel a much like it it. I don't know if this is true, but I've always imagined like a bunch of Hollywood executives, you know, going, we did a good job after they nominated Black Panther. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it was like, yeah, look at us. Like <laughs> we awarded this movie, but um, like in reality, uh, like, well, to me, like in my opinion, it's like kind of the movie makers that kind of uh are the ones that set that standard right because like even looking it's kind of it's kind of sad but like looking at um if we're talking about like all african-american cast like i remember that movie uh what was it called it was by it was produced by george lucas i think it was black tales red tails red tails Tails. and uh and that had an all african-american cast and that Mm. received i mean i heard it wasn't a great movie i can't remember i watched it but i don't remember like it very well but it is unfortunate that i think there have been attempts before it's like black panther was the safest one i guess to kind of 
jump on, you know, but mm -hmm. either way, it's, it's, uh, it's progress is great. Even if Hollywood, like it's not always recognized. So, um, and it's getting better, but, uh, in terms of crash, I guess like it, it feels, it feels like a very 2004 movie to me, uh, in terms of its, I guess, take on racism as the which is definitely the key uh element of the movie right and mm -hmm. it, it just feels very 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 dated uh yeah i don't know if what, i what uh, well i don't remember did we did you summarize what this movie is about i guess we haven't no do you want to do you want to do that because yeah, i don't you go for it oh you don't want to uh okay i'll do it so it's it's basically uh if you've seen movies like like there's a lot of holiday movies like this, like New Year's Eve. Uh, there's another one, but anyways, it's it's a movie that takes on six or seven different plot lines, and they kind of interweave together. And I guess they all just deal with racial uh, tensions and problems uh, in America with these various characters, right? And uh, I guess Los summer. Angeles specifically. Like, we should make it clear that these yeah. are characters who can run into each other. Yeah, yeah, Los Angeles. So, like, it's um, I don't know. It, it's that that's that's really I can say all I can say because I don't really want to go through all seven plots. But I mean, I think that's all we like all we really need to take from it. And then uh, uh, actually, yeah, I, I don't know if I can say anything else. No, I think that's I think that's fair. I guess what I will say briefly is like. Most of the people in this uh, in this movie are either cops, uh, criminals, or like legal professionals. Like there's, mm, um, yeah, yeah. Either someone is committing a crime, or someone has to deal with a crime being committed. Basically, mm, it's it's taking like a specific vantage point, I guess, uh, where the yeah. tensions are maybe highest. I guess so. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a very it's a not very it's not really a subtle movie, and it. Um, it may, it really, it's really, I, I don't know, like how, how like progressive the director is, but it, it feels like it's like kind of made by someone that is a little, like, is a little like maybe race, not racist, but like he has, he has certain stereotypes and it's like, he's kind of patting himself on the back. Like, Oh, look at me. I can, I think racism is bad. Right. But it, he's like taking these, the, he's taking these problems and basically upping them to like the utter maximum with, and almost in a way, like, ah, how do I say this? Like it, it exa he exaggerates them to the point of com like comic com comedy, you know, where it's, it gets a little ridiculous at points. Yeah. Uh, you're very kind to this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I, cause I think going into this, I was really expecting to not like it, but, um, I, I got, I, I don't love it, but I guess there were a couple moments that I appreciated. Um, and I, I thought were interesting in terms of like the tension in the scene, but as an overall project, it is pretty mediocre, I guess, but it's not like a, a dumpster fire or whatever. Right. Okay. But yeah, um, I don't know. What, what do you think? I guess, do you want to go through the categories I, first? or I have been waiting for you to ask Okay, go I for think. it, please. Yeah, yeah. This is a movie written by a cartoon character, starring cartoon <laughs> characters doing cartoon things. I always feel bad when I, like, criticize a movie for depicting racism wrong because... I don't experience that much racism as a, as a white man grow like, as a white man in Canada. So, I don't... I can't really speak to what it is like to experience racism, but when, but this movie is fully without nuance. I have never seen a movie less nuanced than crash. Hell the peanuts movie was less nuanced, was more nuanced than crash. And that is about literal cartoon characters. So, uh, crash this movie, like every interaction, it feels like every interaction in this movie is someone saying something extremely racist, which of course does happen in the real world. But then the response to that is actually, actually the person that they were saying racist things about, they do not fit those stereotypes. They are a good person actually. 
So like the, there's this one scene very early on where I believe it's Sandra Bullock's character goes into a long tirade about how she basically how she doesn't like Hispanic people um, because they've just been they've just had their car uh, stolen by black people, which is pretty much the only thing she knows about the people that stole their car. And they're having their locks replaced. But the locksmith is uh, Hispanic. And so she's talking about how she doesn't want to give any money to a gangbanger and who's just going to go out and share that money with his gangbanger friends or something. And she gets like really, really into it. And she's just, you know, being a racist piece of shit in this long tirade. And like the, you know, as an audience, we immediately dislike her because she is racist. And then the response to that is the guy who was fixing their locks. Well, he heard it. And he's not super happy, but he's just there for a job. So he's going to take the money and leave. And it's like, that's every conflict in this. Most of the conflicts are just someone says something racist. And the person who's being said racist things to is like, wow, that was pretty racist of you. And then the scene ends. That's, that's most of this movie. And like, I was shocked at how much little, how little more there was to this. It's just a series of people saying racist things and we're supposed to dislike them for it. Good job. We do. But like, that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Those, I mean, I don't disagree. Basically kind of what the movie is. Um, I, I just, I think there were like, for sure. I think a hundred percent, the first hour is like, like dead weight. Um, and there's like a couple plot lines. I really don't care for. Um, like the Don Cheadle's plotline, in my opinion, was utterly pointless. Uh, I, where he's, yeah, he's a cop. He's a cop, and it was, yeah, I didn't really get it either. Like, he, I think they wanted him to be the chief of police or the head detective, but he didn't want to or something. And then they well, blackmailed him. With it his sounded brother. to me like it sounded, did, was that it? Because I thought he wanted that, and that's how they. Like, oh, it's the other one. Convinced way. <laughs> him. Well, there was definitely something with his brother, but they like wanted him to drop a certain case. And after he dropped that case, they basically made him the chief detective. Except I don't know, like, he might not have wanted the detective role, but like, I know that they sort of blackmailed him with something and ended up making him chief detective in return for basically dropping the case yeah um not like again not a very interesting plot line even if i understood it i doubt i care anymore it doesn't really go anywhere but and also don Cheadle. i think some of these storylines were 100 percent carried by the performer or the actors uh don Cheadle, not really a great actor in my opinion or he's a very safe actor so i didn't really buy into this storyline at all because i did not care about it. I will um, say, if nothing else, Don Cheadle has had horrible luck on our podcast because we've only seen him in two <laughs> movies that, where at the very what least, was, he is not that good. What was the other one? I can't Rain, remember. Rain Over Me with Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's another kind of Oscar bait movie that wasn't good. Um, I actually didn't mind, I didn't mind him in that movie. I, I, what I he was bad. I just don't think the movie was that great. And like, yeah, yeah. he didn't improve it very much. He was just sort of given not very much to work with and didn't do very much. Could have done a lot more yet. But I mean, come on, it's Don Cheadle. What were they expecting? <laughs> I, I like Don Cheadle. I'm not like, he's, a, he's an okay actor. It's just, you can't really carry a, a, a movie. But yeah, anyways, I didn't care for that storyline. Um, the cop actually, like, like uh, was actually okay no i'll go through the ones i didn't like i didn't like i don't know what brendan fraser's and Sand i thought and sandra bullock's storyline just was really pointless because it was like set up really heavily at the start but then doesn't actually really go anywhere from what i remember like if i remember right their storyline was that sandra bullock is racist against latino people (laughs) and brendan fraser is is not but he is yeah, like, like he's, he's, he's just not a politician. racist because it's his job to not yeah. be racist, right? Um, but yeah, that doesn't go anywhere, which was kind of sad because 
I think they both have really good screen presence. Um, the thing is, you know, Sandra Bullock's character had really no redeemable qualities, and her plot line was like she <laughs> she hates she hates Hispanics, and then she falls down some stairs. Uh, wait, do we care about spoilers? I'm sorry, but like no, no, I don't, okay, we do not care about spoilers. <laughs> I just like this movie's not really spoilers, but she falls down some stairs. And then her house taker, her her maid, I guess, takes care of her, who is Hispanic. And then now she appreciates Hispanics, I guess, was like the plot like, line there. I didn't fully I understand she, the ending. So if that's what you got from it, I'm not even going to argue. But like, did she really I, appreciate Hispanic people afterwards? Maybe like in a really shallow way and that she needs she needs uh, to let to like, you know, she's in a position of a lot like. Um, she's in a very vulnerable position, so she kind of has to treat her maid nicely, and then maybe later it'll change. I don't really know, but either way, that's a really bad plot line in general. And like, this is like something like you could write in like elementary school, you know. Um, Before you continue, though, I would like to say that that plot line doesn't go anywhere. But that's even a shame from the storytelling perspective because. That plot line is the impetus for everything else because their car gets stolen and their car appears in almost every other plot line in some way, or at the very least, like, oh, and, and the, the one plot line it doesn't appear in is the locksmith that they um, hired early on. So he also like ties yeah. to them. Yeah, sort of, I guess. Like it's that's why it, like it doesn't really matter though in terms of like the overall plot. It just it's like a nice coincidence, I guess. But like these connections don't actually lead to anything in the future, technically. Yeah. Um. So yeah, not really much set up payoff. But yeah, like it was just weird. I kind of wish it was it wasn't Sandra Bullock and Brendan Fraser because I think they're both insanely like charismatic people, and it just felt weird to have first of all them in such a small role, right? But then also, like, to have their plots go nowhere. And it just felt like a really big waste, you know? Um, which is unfortunate, I also, especially because Brendan Fraser, I, d- I don't ever see that guy in anything. So I was hoping he would actually get something to do. Uh, but then other than that, like, I, th- I thought some of the plot lines were, had interesting moments. I thought the, the racist cop plot line was kind of cool. In terms of, I thought it brought up some interesting uh, questions of like uh, of like the origins behind someone being racist, if that makes sense, or like because he was a he was essentially a really bad character morally, right? But mm-hmm. then I can totally end like that car that car scene where he saves uh, basically he's saving a a person that he molested. Um, which was okay. That scene was really bad. The 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 initial scene. But then I thought I thought it, I, I thought it brought up some interesting like uh, dilemmas in terms of like you know because he 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 really did save her right, and he risked his life to save her. So is he like a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Um, his dad is uh, was kind of screwed. Was kind of not screwed over, but he he believes his dad was screwed over. Uh, in life for caring too much about minorities therefore um i can under i can understand where he's coming from even though i don't agree with his actions so i thought that was really cool and that really drew me in um and his but uh, that also doesn't really lead anywhere but it, that in and, itself was really cool but i thought that um what was neat about that storyline is his partner at the beginning. So the the character we're talking about is played by Matt Dillon. I mentioned that specifically because he was nominated for best actor for that performance. Uh, best supporting actor. Oh. Um, I uh, don't think he was that good, but he was fine. Like it was a good I enough he performance. Was probably the best in the movie, in my opinion, except for maybe uh, Terrence Howard. But I that, definitely that was a little weirder. Um, but anyway, his, his partner, uh, has a very interesting character arc where he goes from essentially a cop kind of trying to, to, trying to first off be a good cop and like also additionally trying to fight corruption in the, in the police force to like at the end kind of being racist cop origin story. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was there was some heavy-handed foreshadowing for it too. Um, yeah, that was actually one of the worst plot lines too. It, it started out really good, but mm-hmm. the thing is, the ending was so heavy-handed and bad in so many ways that I, I just cannot comprehend like how, um, how they took this this like great setup, I guess, and just threw it out the window. And, and it was almost kind of the climax of the too, right? So well, yeah, that's the thing too. Is like it's not. It's a great setup, and it's a good potential plot line but as you yeah. said the ending is very heavy-handed and like almost it, it it ruins it a lot like not even just the even just ending it before the actual full ending of that scene would be better yeah it's just like i don't i, I guess yeah we're not doing spoilers so like basically he he ends up shooting a hitchhiker an African-American hitchhiker that uh, he gets suspicious of, I guess, right? But the thing is, there was... The setup makes no sense to me, unless I missed something, because he he lets the... I, he, kinda, he lets the guy come in his car, right? And then... But for some reason, he, he keeps making these really passive-aggressive, sort of racist um, comments, I guess. And it just feels really weird to me, because this guy... His, his arc seems to be focusing on how he can make sure that uh, police policemen uh, aren't seen as these like racist pigs, right? Like he wants to be the good guy, right? But then yeah. it's completely turned around in a really subtle way that was not set up at all with the character and really feels out of character, uh, especially for like, again, like this is the ending of the movie. So like, it's really, really off-putting, and it's just so forced. But, I mean, I don't, like... I, I guess I guess this was kind of where they were going for. It's just, like... And I, I don't mind the ending. It's just, like, there was really no build-up to that moment at all. It, so, it's a wasted, yeah, there it's a wasted was, plot line to me. There was a lot of things that, like, called back to other events in the movie, but, like, not in an intelligent way. It's just like a bunch of random dumb coincidences that end mm-hmm. up leading to a fight that goes south very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and then the whole, I don't know, man, it was just, sorry, it was just such a bad scene in my, like, like com- comedically bad. Um, I, another one off the top of my head is Pena's uh, performance slash, I guess, his storyline, right, where he is a locksmith and he deals with prejudice for being a Latino. Um, and that leads to conflict later uh, that endangers his family, I guess. Right. Are you saying you did or did not like that one? That, oh, that I, I guess I was stating it. I, I thought it was very mediocre. Like, I think, I actually think Michael Pena put in, like a really good performance. Yes. Yeah. His character had nothing to do, right? Um, but he really actually sold it pretty well. As far as I'm concerned, like personally, I think Michael Pena was the best part of this movie and his mm. his plot line because he was in my opinion the best part of this movie is like my second favorite plot line even though I agree it's actually not that interesting. I just liked seeing Michael Pena in this Michael role. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was weird. It's just nothing in like not, nothing in that plot line really deals with any of the the con like the I guess the theme set up right um because they kind of this is like where kind of one of the comedic overly comedic things happens but it's just like this guy uh gets extremely angry at him for asking to change the door and like yeah there's a really racist for like I mean I don't want to say no reason because like obviously like racism usually doesn't have a really good reason but it's just like it feels so forced and unnecessary um for and just not subtle right and and then like the way it builds up and concludes just like doesn't really feel like a storyline it just kind of feels like something happened there's a there's a twist reveal at the end of that storyline that technically calls back to the second scene in the movie and i appreciated that but again, it only calls back to that 
because it's a weird twist that you could not possibly have known earlier. So like, yeah. it feels almost fake clever, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a, it's kind of a fake, uh, not even a fake out. What am I trying to say? It's kind of a cop out. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. It's almost like they wrote it differently. And then like on the day of, wait, this is ridiculous, right? Cause honestly, I thought he ended shooting Michael Pena's daughter, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a really tragic moment, right? But I, I honestly laughing because of how ridiculously, like, stu- like how stupidly this whole thing was set up, right? And how many weird coincidences and like unnecessary, like, dr- like drama built up to this moment, this like kind of odd climax. And then it happens and it's just like, what, what am I learning here, right? It's just like, I, it, it's kind of like what I talked about with Minari. It, it just felt like, uh, like depression porn, you know, where it's just like, oh yeah. my god, look how bad this this hat is, and now this little girl is gonna die, right? Um, thankfully they saved it. I mean, they didn't save it. <laughs> it was still a no. bad scene because, like I said, the twist die. at the end is contrived as heck. Yeah, but but it's better than her dying, I guess, because that would have been yeah. really, really, really bad in my opinion. Um, yeah. But either way, like, there's nothing, nothing, because I don't really feel like anyone learned anything in this. Like, Michael Pena's character doesn't change. He's just a guy that gets people are racist towards. And then the store owner, the only reason he changes is because he basically, like, theoretically, he would have killed, he would have ended up killing that guy, you know? And it's just like, I have no sympathy for him because, again, you almost killed this guy, especially when he knew he saw his daughter jump, like, jumping to his, her father, you know? It's just like, what? so what did he learn? That killing people isn't good? That he was stupid for trying to kill someone? Like, isn't this like a pretty easily known fact? No, dude, he learned that he shouldn't be racist through an act of God, <laughs> or, I guess. Or, yeah, it, it took him almost killing someone to realize <laughs> What the hell? But also, um, like, I, I also have to wonder, did he learn his lesson? Is he going to not be racist after this? Or is he just going to be like, you know what? That guy probably did have my best interests at heart. Maybe I should have listened to him. Is he going like, yeah, to gonna fix the door? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so, you know, yeah, so like, like you said, even... I, I mean, that's with a lot of these storylines, even though there's kind of like resolution, it doesn't actually mean anything because we're still like, does this, like, what, what did this take for this character to change? Or also like, is this actually a permanent change? Because it doesn't feel like it was earned. It just yeah. feels like it was copy pasted, right? It just um, feels like it happened. Yeah. So but how many, what were the other stories? I think there's two that we haven't touched. There's Terrence so- Howard's storyline, right? Yeah, Terrence Howard's storyline, and then if you want to talk about that one first, I like the other one. That's my favorite storyline, even though it okay. is also bad, in my opinion. Is it? Is it with the stealing the cars thing? Yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, so Terrence Howard's storyline is basically his, his wife gets molested by that racist cop that we uh, talked about earlier. And um, I guess his storyline is <laughs> i i don't entirely understand it but basically he is tired of after after this happens he his wife kind of gets mad at him for not standing up for himself right in that position um mm. and being more i guess manly which first of all is kind of like is kind of odd because now we're kind of dealing with like a weird form of sexism in like a movie about racism um because like i mean I understand. I understand that sentiment, but also these were these were guys with these were cops with guns, and it felt a little a little well, forced for the wife to be like getting angry at him for not doing anything. But I guess I can also right. understand that because they were in like an emotional, like she was in an emotional uh, upheaval. So, but I also you have know. to say, like she was, uh, she was getting mad at him not just for not standing up for himself and like being a man. But like specifically not being like she was saying she was getting mad at him for not standing up for himself as a black man because like they were white cops and he just sort of rolled over and like did everything they wanted because they were in her eyes because they were white cops. And like 
There's, yeah. I mean, I gotta say, racism is all over the place in this movie. So yes, clearly the cops were being racist, but like this scene was not any more or less out of the place, out of place than any other scene of racism here. So like, it's hard to tell when she's chastising him. Like, is it that she thinks he's not he's not being a man, or is she or is she actually getting upset at him for like? not standing up because he's a black man or what is going on exactly i don't know i don't know exactly how to explain what i'm talking about but like Mm -hmm. it didn't feel it didn't feel special in either direction in a way so like it's kind of unclear in my opinion i guess yeah i mean i think that kind of reflects in the rest of the storyline too because i didn't really understand where he's going with it because then he gets he gets sort of chased down by some cops and then uh, he stands up to the cops, right? But then it it still feels really forced because if I'm going to be... Like, I understand um, that that there is a lot of, like, uh, I guess, violence from cops, right? So he has, like, a, he has definitely has, like, a right to, to be defensive with the police, right? And not want to mm-hmm. put himself in a compromising position. But... Also, I mean, I don't think it's sending a great message in terms of, um, like, because, like, I, I mean, in in a in a situation in a situation where uh, he he was kind of saved because he he knew one of the cops, right? But in a situation where you are standing up to police, right, um, and they have their guns, like, it, I mean, this is anyone if, if they have their guns pointed at you, it's it's not the smartest idea to. To get at them even even if like he was totally it was totally um inappropriate for them to to uh like hold him in that position if that makes sense right so it's just mm-hmm. like the message to me was kind of confusing because it's like it's almost like the movie's trying to say don't cooperate with police um even if it's gonna risk if even if you're risking your life right um but i mean like i i've never been put in a like that so i'm not sure like what like what type of mentality someone would have uh in that position so like it's hard for me to say but i just felt like the message in that storyline was confusing mm-hmm. um so yeah i guess but the i last thought he put story- in a decent performance there yeah yeah he was good in his performance it was just like you said the story well the writing wasn't there and i mean i've already mm-hmm. made my thoughts on the writing very clear yeah um sorry so yeah the last plot line was the last Go plot ahead. line is Ludacris and Lorenz Tate, uh, who are two two black guys who are introduced as just like guys walking around. Uh, they're they're not necessarily implied to be anything, and they are the guys who steal the cars, uh, who steal the car at the beginning, and then they that kind of carries them through because they don't keep that car for very off for very long. I think they're like. They are carjackers. Like, that's what they do because they go to a mechanic at one point and, like, try to sell the cars. And he's like, I've been mm-hmm. buying cars from you for a while or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, their plot line is it was my personal favorite because I think Ludacris is, like, doing a really, really good job. Like, I don't think he's as good in this movie as Michael Pena or, let's be real, Matt Damon is, or not Matt Damon, Matt Dillon is also, like, really good in his performance. But Ludacris is like doing he's he's pulling a lot of work in this. Um, yeah, he, and so like, he actually did pretty solid, I guess. It was it was mm-hmm. kind of weird seeing him in this uh, Fast and Fast and the Furious, um, which is a very different role for him. But like he, he 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 brought his acting chops up here for sure. Yeah, and I think like so I thought this was the most entertaining plot line because. I mean, Ludacris was just the most entertaining actor, but like, I don't know how I, I, I feel kind of weird about this one. So like, it's mostly, it mostly just is every, all of the scenes are like Ludacris and Lorenz Tate are walking around someplace talking about how uh, the U.S. is unkind to black people, to, to put it lightly. And like, uh, Ludacris specifically has like very, very, very pronounced thoughts on these and actually like, points out how a lot of things that um, you wouldn't re- you wouldn't immediately think are racist are racist and like gives full reasoning and some of these are 
honestly kind of ludicrous, pardon the pun, but like <laughs> some of them too are like, oh, okay, I didn't think about that. Because like he, he takes issue with rap music. He takes issue with the fact that buses have windows. He takes issue with a lot of things. And it's like, most of these are, you know, hyperbolic at least, but like you listen to what he's saying. And it's like, okay, okay, I get your argument. And then like, oops, they just happen to end up doing another crime again, which is super, like, I don't understand why this storyline got written this way. They just like are two black people who fall into doing crimes. And it's like, I don't know. Was that smart? Do you think that was a good decision? Oh, you're asking me personally? Well, I uh, mean, it's a, it's a rhetorical question, but like. Yeah, yeah, it was like I, for them, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, it, it was pretty repetitive. And I, I guess the resolution specifically to, to Ludacris, uh, Luda's plot line was like really, uh, <laughs> again, really forced because uh, basically he steals a car, which is like <laughs> what he's been doing the whole movie. And then he finds. This coincidentally, this car, or it's a van and it has multiple, like a lot of uh, Asian, I guess, almost kind of slaves stored in the back. And Cambodian um, slaves. Yeah. And it was, and then, <laughs> and then he lets them go, right? Instead of selling, he could have sold them, uh, given an offer to sell them off. But like, I guess it's really forced because. I thought his plot line would be like maybe stop stealing cars and do the right thing, right? But then his plot line instead is um, I'm not going to allow these Asian uh, slaves to be sold into further slavery, right? And it's like, okay, like this doesn't really have anything to do with his initial plot line technically, other than being a good person, right? But it's like, like it, it feels like a, a huge um pat on the back where he's where it's just like good job you you might still be stealing cars but at least you're letting you're letting the, the asian slaves that you find go it's like a little much if that makes Feel, sense it's like it of, feels of course that's the right thing to do yeah it feels extremely forced because his plot line up to that point is that he's is is i guess that he's reinforcing black stereotypes while like at the same time he thinks he's rebelling against them and then mm -hmm. his plot line ends with him freeing the slaves. What does that have to do with anything that he's been doing up until that point? If, if anything, that's like him, him, uh, him establishing, like, instilling white stereotypes in himself for freeing slaves and feeling good about himself, even though like these people were enslaved in the first place, I guess. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, it's just. It's a it's not even really a resolution to his storyline. It's just and then he does this and then he's yeah. done, I guess. I mean, I guess it could be perceived as he is a better person now because he refused money in order to help people. But I never really saw him as like a person that's willing to like like sell people into slavery, right? I saw him as a person because he didn't even shoot, he never shot anyone, right? He he threatened to shoot people. Um, I guess it's a callback to when he ran over that, that uh, I think it was a Chinese man, um, and he didn't really seem to care. But so, like, in an odd way, it's <laughs> now that I think about it, it's kind of like, like, it, it feels almost like racist to just be like, oh, he, he hurt one Asian dude, but he saved these other Asian people. So it evens out, right? Is it's that like, what? Uh, like, okay <laughs> now that i, I think about that it that's the, the thing that, that kind of like it, it's the only tie-in i can think of but like again that's like kind of messed up in my opinion to just be like oh it's okay now he's he's a good guy because uh he he helped asian people while also hurting them so like i guess i get what they're doing here and i don't think it's like inherently offensive but it's it it feels it's pretty lazy, it's pretty forced, and also doesn't really have much to do with the story in its in of itself. Other than I guess he doesn't hate Asian people or hurt Asian people anymore. Which, which is a kind of a but, ridiculous plot line to have. Yeah, because the thing is the, he ran over an Asian man. And like that didn't give me the impression that he was trying to like that he had it out for Asian people. Like he that 
So resolving his just, plot line with he's no longer he's no longer racist against Asian people is sort of weird because that's not his character. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like this was. Are, are they implying that if he ran over uh, a white guy or a black guy that like he would have been more caring for the person he ran over? Like I don't think that's what they were implying in the first scene. But again, the only way it feels like it, it ties in is is with the the second scene but that if you include that second scene of him freeing the asian slaves then it does imply that he was racist towards asians sort of so it's just like huh okay i i guess like that kind of makes sense but either way it's kind of messed up yeah so uh i don't know so yeah anyways that's like basically all the plot lines right and uh um, yeah this movie was nominated for best screenplay which so, is, uh, I think, did it and it won. Yes, and it won, won best so original screenplay. Which I like think people can guess that we didn't, we don't agree with that. Like, at I think all. that's, I think that's easily the weakest part of the movie. Like, mm. I, I've made it clear I don't like much about this movie, but I think that most of the issues I have with it are due to its screenplay being so ham-fisted and like generally just poorly put together. Yeah. I think maybe it's, it's ambitious that it like is trying to weave all these different plot lines together and kind of pulls it off, but like it doesn't pull off it it pulls off an interesting trick. It doesn't pull it off in a good movie. Like I've seen I saw a movie the other day called The Banished, which like it has a cool premise, but that doesn't make it a good movie. Yeah, it's not like the the concept doesn't necessarily make it good i guess i could see i don't know how because i i think this type of movie where you have the multiple plot lines that interweave um and you kind of find out more during the movie like as the movie goes along uh it's been i've seen i've, I've known multiple movies like this this may, maybe this was the first and that's why it was like the screenplay was pretty well received um and i guess like it wasn't like you know in terms of the interconnectivity i guess in some ways it was I could see why it would have been interesting uh, if this was like the first movie. But if we're if we're looking at the individual plot lines and their resolutions and like what the characters learn and the character arc, blah blah blah, it really hits very very few of the marks that a good screenplay should hit. So you know, I don't think uh, I, I disagree with the account of this award. So I guess like. I want to say, technically, I have written down that we're supposed to ask and answer the question, how did this win? And, like, <laughs> I mean, clearly neither of us agrees that it should be best picture. I mean, with, with, the, with the caveat that I have seen Brokeback Mountain out of the rest of these pictures, and you've seen none of them, and I haven't seen any of the ones outside of Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, well, I, I, I think I can easily say that there. I don't think I've seen a movie like this bad in terms of like uh academy awards like having like having seen a best picture finalist except for like green book was actually pretty bad and i also i almost kind of want to say they're like equivalent here because i like honestly they're very similar movies in that they 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 offer very obvious not subtle looks at racism uh they don't really have any plot any plot lines that uh lead anywhere in particular or like that have a good resolution the, the story structure is really really messy um yeah but i guess they both won so i mean you know, i mean like, so, there's something going on here i guess the academy likes this kind of movie but i don't understand what kind of movie this is because like is it just that it's a movie about racism plenty of movies about racism have been nominated and done quite poorly so like mm -hmm. yeah what what happened? I I would definitely say if we're I don't know what the Democratic Academy voters are, but I could I could hundred percent this being see this being a movie that um, an older generation could appreciate, um, especially one that hasn't dealt with racism. I think because uh, just in terms of how obvious a lot of it is, right? So it, it kind of feels like I don't know if we talked about this earlier, but it kind of feels like it's like a pat on the back, like oh look, I understand racism now, right? Where like this movie really offers out. not oh okay sorry um 
but then I guess also uh, I don't like I don't I don't know how like how many movies you'd seen around this time, but how like how many movies were really focused around racial like modern day racial tensions that around that time too? Because I I've only I know there's a lot now, but I have no idea what it was like in the early two thousands. Well, when this movie came out, maybe younger depending on like what the actual release date of this movie was, but. I think that that is a valid point. Like there, I don't think that the, there's definitely a lot more movies about racism now than there were at the time. And also like, I guess more importantly, the type of movie about racism was quite different then than it is now. Like Mm -hmm. black Klansman doesn't exist in 2004 and would, and couldn't exist in 2004 where Mm -hmm. like, Crash would seem extremely weird and out of place in the movie landscape today, but at the time, probably not. Or at the very yeah, least, so, like, well, I mean, out of place in a much better way at the time, maybe. Yeah. So, like, theoretically, I can, I can, I guess I can understand with the account. Cause I'm, yeah, I'm looking at some of these movies and, like, it, it is kind of weird to look back. Um, I'm looking at 2004 right now, I think. Um, and there's like there's no best picture uh, nomination for like a movie about race specifically, from what I can tell, right? Um, uh-huh. Whereas now you will debt like hundred percent there will at least be one or two movies that deal with racism in one form or another. So at least one a year. Yeah, hundred percent. So like I guess looking at that, I can understand what what maybe happened. I guess. I guess like, do you want to? Should we say what we would give this uh, movie? We can't really, again, we can't promise. I I don't think we can really comment on what we think should have won in these different categories, though. Because, again, we haven't really seen most of these. I can't. I I can definitely say I don't want any of the categories personally. Um, But I guess for me, I. Wait, are we talking about awards or what score would we give it? What what score would you give it? Because we got to give that at some point. I guess. Oh, I'd say maybe like a four or something. Um, I like some some good performances. I was really really interested by a couple of the plot lines for a bit, um, and I guess in some cases they either fizzled out or didn't really get any conclusion at all, which kind of sucks. But I I will give it like a couple points there um, because when when it did when it was dealing with something interesting, I thought it was really interesting. So. Um, yeah, maybe a three, three or a four, because uh, just for yeah, for the acting and for those moments, basically, mm-hmm. and maybe for being a little ahead of its time. I'm not entirely right. sure on that, but yeah. I mean, I do think that the acting saved a lot of this movie and made it so that like I didn't think it was a total wash having watched it. But mm-hmm. I'm sitting at a soft two. Like I can't even guarantee a two. I waver between one and two for this movie. I think I, I think I'll I'll give it like a like a two, but on 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 a rewatch or on a reevaluation, that could go down. That's uh that's very fair. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if uh what this movie would be like on a rewatch. I I definitely don't think I'm gonna time soon though, unless I do like no. a, an Oscar like marathon of every Oscar movie ever. But like, I think yeah. what I am gonna say though is like this movie has me feeling bad for Don Cheadle. So right now, right now, I, I, have, I have a pencil in my hand. I am writing down a classic movies live redemption list. Uh, and Don Cheadle's going to be on it. One day, if you're listening to this right now, mark my words. One day, what we're going to do is we're going to go down this list and we're going to try and have these, os- these, ac- these actors redeem themselves or directors, whoever ends up on this list. I love that. Yeah, I, 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 I know Don Cheadle has great performance somewhere i think we just need to find it and we can finally praise him for i guess the skill that he potentially maybe has the thing is i know that i like don Cheadle. unfortunately the only movies i've seen him in where i've actually really liked him are the avengers movies and like i know (laughs) that he's capable of a good performance outside of being tony stark's friend yeah, I, was, I actually 100% agree. I love him in the Avengers movies. Like, I don't think he's anything special for sure. I don't know if he could carry like a Marvel movie, but like, 
I like his role. Uh, I think he's a great, amazing side character for, uh, you know, what he's given. So, you know, respect for him there. But I, you know, this, I, I doubt Don Cheadle's very proud of his role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe specifically. I mean, I'm sure he's proud of it, but it's probably not like, I mean, he knows he's not getting Oscars for those roles. Yeah, and also, like, I'm, <laughs> it, could, it could probably easily work without him. I'm sorry to I mean, say, but, like, it, yeah. It already it totally did, could. because who was the guy before him? Was <laughs> yeah, it Terrence it was Howard? Terrence Howard, who ironically was also in this movie and gave a better yeah. performance. Yeah, so, all right. So you heard it here first, folks. Classic Movies Live Redemption list, our first inductee, Don Cheadle. We'll go through that maybe after the Oscars. We'll probably hear enough. We'll probably like end up with enough names on that list to do something after the Oscars. Yeah. Oh, Jeff, what's our next movie? Uh, so next, our, our next movie, we are going to jump ahead a few years. We're going to go to the, uh, hold on a sec. I believe it's the 81st Academy Awards in 2009. And we are going to talk about a little movie by Danny Boyle called Slumdog Millionaire. Ooh. I think this it's a good uh it's a good balance between Oscar bait and an actually really good movie. So And I think it's going to be interesting too because it is it, it's incredibly disingenuous to think of Slumdog Millionaire as a Bollywood movie. However, we have not talked about very many <laughs> movies on our podcast yet that feature Indian actors in like major roles. And especially we haven't talked about any that are actually in India. And there is a Bollywood dance number in Slumdog Millionaire. So it's the closest we're going to get to actually talking about Bollywood. <laughs> in terms of the Oscars. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, exciting for next week. Uh, Jeff, what's, what's the last, last word? Oh, damn. <laughs> is it, I'll say it this time. Uh, millionaire. <laughs>